welcome to the Woodstock Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Woods Talk podcast, a very special, weird episode that came out of the weirdest conversation of all time. I'm pleased to welcome Mick Conlon back to the show and special guest, Mr. Daniel Johnson. And it's, Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for giving us a bit of your time. For any neutrals listening, this has come about because myself and Mick did the last episode of this podcast and we were speaking about covers because that's pretty much what Mick does for a living as part of a duo when he plays the violin and plays 90s dance on a violin, which is outrageously good, I have to say. And we ended up speaking about covers in general. We spoke about how Joe Cocker's version, with a little help from my friends, is a very good version of that song. And then we realized at the same time that there's a better version, and it's in the form of Daniel Johnson's first X Factor audition, which I would still say is probably the best first audition to this day. Sorry to put you on the spot, Daniel. Would you agree? <laughs> no freaking way. Have you seen? Have you seen James Arthur or even Subo? You know what I mean. Like, I, I watch back mine, and all I want to do is like criticize myself and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, if you go back and you go and check the words as well, it's the worst thing ever. I don't think I've got most of the words right, but it was fine because one thing is I'm not a technical singer singer. But what I was is I used to sing at like different places all over weddings and events and stuff like that. And when you do this as a living, no one cares. No one cares. Okay. <laughs> so you have to do something that shows like there's something more than just you singing a song. And uh, I've been doing it for like years and stuff and, and still no one cared, but for, you know, to do it on a stage for six minutes and then you get the standing ovation, all that stuff. I'm just like, but I literally critique myself all the time on it. But um, to be honest, Stacey Solomon, I'm a big fan of um, of her audition. I thought it was quite nice. But thanks, guys. Yeah, you're very welcome. I think it's, um, you know, it's cool to have you both on because obviously Mick has also some experience on the X Factor as well. If you want to tell us that story, Mick, and the song that you chose. It's a short story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've always been a person that believes if you, got, if you think you could do something, go and do it. You know, I hear people who watch quiz shows and go, oh, that's easy. I could do that. So I think it was like 2005, 2006, maybe. And I auditioned. I didn't get past the preliminaries, but it was an interesting experience to do it because you the whole zoo of it, you know, people acting like maniacs. And that was explained to me that you either have to be incredibly brilliant or mental. <laughs> or both. I think or both. Like if you're in that important. Venn diagram there in the yeah. middle, it's great. But it's because everyone's got their ID numbers and then mm-hmm. people are radioing producers. They're really silly. So put them through because they'll make good TV. You know, so you sort of learn. You kind of knew how the process worked, but to actually experience it. Uh, yeah, so I got I got my 20 seconds. You know, there's your mark. Stand there. Sing your song. And it's yes or no. I got told no. And then I went home. <laughs> but I did it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's like most people who audition for these shows because what is it like hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people audition and twelve people get into the show. Like most people get sent home, and I, I think that was a high proportion of people who do X Factor who've done it multiple, 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 multiple times until they get through. It's very rare that you get through on your first time ever. 
I think you may be on a database. I, I think I auditioned in 2006 or something like that. And yeah, yeah, again, they just didn't care. But to be honest, they didn't really care when I auditioned this time. It was only when the audition actually happened, which is a complete, it was all a mistake. Everything, what happened that day was a complete mistake. I wasn't supposed to be there. I wasn't supposed to sing that song. I wasn't supposed to get through. It was all just of the moment and all the things that built up that day. Because I was the second to last, I think it was that day. And when I asked... I said, oh, I haven't been seen. I haven't been seen. And uh, there, one of the producers just went, oh, are you still here? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad I've been here for seven hours with my, with, uh, yeah. well, I only had like my friend and my sister and another friend. Um, I didn't have like the hordes of family that people like to bring to these auditions on the Tuesday afternoon. How have they got the time of work? <laughs> I this mean, is literally my my story, but there's a different ending. Yeah. This is what this feels like. <laughs> no, but I went back. That's the thing. I went back. Mick, if you went back, then maybe you could be as big as... I don't want to say any names because I'm going to get in trouble. Um, as big as... To be Chico. fair, Daniel, I, in my world, Chico I'm pretty because, big. Uh, it is highly referenced in this podcast is Chico. Yeah. Chico. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I don't have the hips, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Not with that attitude. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I mean? <laughs> but I have to say, and Daniel, the, the thing that struck a chord with both of us in terms of your audition is the choice of song. I mean, as I say, we're big fans of that track. Did you agonize for a long time to choose that? Or was it, as you said, was it like a spur of the moment thing that was in your repertoire where you're like, this is a good one to do? I think the main thing about it was when when choosing songs because we weren't supposed to be singing songs to track this was a brand new thing that was happening um with x factor and they were kind of changing everything and uh, uh i think in the last minute they had already done auditions in scotland and then they decided to change the fact that they wanted to make it a bit more britain's got talent so they changed it to a open you know audience and stuff and now we have to sing to track instead of singing in front of a room in front of cheryl danny lou and simon and uh, they're like, have you got tracks? And I was just like, mm, yeah, okay. And I had uh, Walking on the Moon by the Police, uh, which I'd sang at all my other auditions. And I had John Legend's uh, Ordinary People, which is a bit basic, but um, I don't know. I, that definitely wouldn't be enough to get through. And then I had With a Little Help from My Friends. But the main reason why I chose that song or that version is because the backing track that I had was the best backing track that I still own now. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's all about the music, isn't it? It's all about your your band behind you. And if you're playing to track, then a good backing track. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But I, I do feel that, like, you know, it's it was such an unusual choice because I would have thought before you said that, that the X Factor would have been very sort of strict on what you can sing and what you can't sing because they have a certain demographic. Cause, oh, that comes later. Yeah, comes. I'd, yeah I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> I've struck a chord there. What, what no, you... no, 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 not at all. I mean, <laughs> at the same time, you can't, as a child, do what you want. There is parents who say, do this, don't do this. And it's in the parents' interest more than the kids' interest sometimes because hmm. uh, maybe they just can't be bothered or maybe they don't have the copyright to for you to sing that song. So yeah. uh, I, I felt like, uh, you know, when we're doing the show, we have to remember that there's multiple different reasons why you might not be able to sing the song that you want to sing. Yeah. Yeah. But as I say, with a little help from my friends, particularly that version, the usual demographic, I'd say, in the live audience and even people watching at home 
I wonder how many would have been familiar with that track. That's why I was so surprised that it, you were allowed to do it because it's technically a lesser appreciated version, even though it's vastly superior in my opinion. I don't, I don't know what you think, Mick, but. Oh, I agree. I, it's definitely one of those uh, special songs that the, it, out, it outdoes the original. And no harm to the Beatles. They did okay. You know, they did well. <laughs> but it's sometimes it's like there's just like a different energy. And I think like Ed Sheeran has said, like the songs he's written and he gives them away. And people are like, why do you, Adele have such a big hit with that? Or somebody else had a big hit with that? Like, yeah, but it wouldn't have been good if I sang it. And I think like that was one of the songs the Beatles should have given away. Because there's a shape, and then <laughs> Joe Cocker smashes it out of the park, yeah, and then Daniel shows up, catches it, and fires it in the orbit, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it is such a classic song, and uh, you know, it even went to number number one with Sam and Mark, who did Pop Idol back in the day, and they they did a cover of the That's Beatles right. version. That's right. Um, and that went to number one. So you know, the, it has a massive power no matter what version you're doing. And for me, I think if you're ever going to sing a song that might kind of choose the direction of your life, choose a song that is fucking awesome. <laughs> and hopefully don't ruin it. Like there's so many songs that I would have ruined and I did ruin and it's on YouTube and uh, you know, people remind me of it all the time. Yeah. Just oh. don't sing, I don't want to miss a thing is what I'm trying to say. Oh, it's just, yeah. I, I think as well, you know, the, the thing about your audition was there was a real lightning in a bottle feeling as well because I've never seen anybody do that well in front of an audience wearing a shirt and like short trousers. You know what I mean? That combo, no one's done it since. No one's got the reception. <laughs> I, I still own those as well. I don't own it nearly anything from X Factor because I sort of just gave it away to other people. And uh, um, and but I still have my original shorts and my original top. And I think I was working at Gap at the time, so I think it's just it's just Gap clothes. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably smells so bad it hasn't been washed for like i don't know 12 years now so yeah <laughs> that's cool aren't that's it? yeah that's cool it's um what about you mick any any vibes well the thing is that right man i mean let's talk about the elephant in the room um alexandra burke's song what are you talking <laughs> about yeah no uh no the thing about it is as as woody was saying like it was a lightning on the bottle moment and it was for some for a show that Okay, this is my perspective on what happened that season. Like, I don't watch the show anymore. I haven't done in years, largely because of what happened in that season. Um, Stop it, man. It felt, it felt like, or, or it felt like organically, because even though it's, it, there's a lot of pre-planned things and it's produced and we get all that, it did feel like organically everybody went, oh, here, so we have our winner. This is the guy because he just blew everybody out of the water. And I got the vibe that the producers didn't like that because they can't sell um, a spoiler. There needs to so like, right, we need to take this guy down a peg or two. We need to start dropping little seeds of stuff to just to create, you know, create that sort of soap opera sort of dynamic. When in fact, it should just be like, I love MasterChef Professionals as a talent show because it's pure talent. You cannot, there's nowhere to hide. But it did feel to me that that season of the X Factor, now don't get me wrong, I'm not slating anybody who progressed and got to the final or won or came second or third or whatever, but it did feel that you, and, and my dad himself said this to me yesterday because I told him we were doing this. He's like, you tell him I said he got screwed. And 
and, and that's so that's my personal opinion on how I think now you seem like quite a humble guy and you're not going to turn around and go yeah Mick you're right you know screw them all but it did feel that there was that t- whole tabloid like I don't buy tabloids I don't read them you know I, I wouldn't even wipe my arse with them in case I got a paper cut you know I probably it's it's you know I'm really against that world and I'm not even in that world so for you to have been like a school teacher who sang at weddings on the side or whatever I got there to then be thrust into this world of evil effectively because that's that's kind of what fame is. Um, it, I, I can't imagine how that, how what that did to you mentally, because it must have been such a struggle. Because how can people expect you to? You get so, oh, you're too arrogant. So then you come out and you sing a song, and you're quite humble, and you're like, oh, you need to have more confidence. It's like, well, you just pick a lane. Yeah. Yeah. Am I am I right? There's loads of stuff going on, and I've sort of spoken about some of this, you know, with other people's, never on other people's podcasts, but just like and just chatting with other people I know. And there was a, there was loads going on, and there was loads going on with me. And when the audition happened, like I was just working at school, you know what I mean? And, and I worked a gap part time when I was singing at weddings, right? And so that audition happens, but that, that audition happened like ages ago the show didn't even go on tv until like august i think i did the audition in february you know what i mean like it was it was way down the line and so also though that that situation happened and it happened in front of me there was no video sorry my my dog's just found a squeaky toy of course um (laughs) you know there was there's no um I had no video of it i didn't know it went well in my mind i was like oh i think that went okay and everyone seemed to be happy and then I went away and then I went I did like this massive tour thing. Like it was only like six, seven nights, but it was in a row. And I blew out my voice. I blew it out. And boot camp was the next week for X Factor. And the funny thing about boot camp, there are two performances. One, I don't think they even televised. I think it was that bad. Um, and the second one was just really, really difficult and loads of stuff were going on, but I couldn't sing. But also, I didn't want to say that because who wants to hear that? Oh, I've got a sore throat, I can't sing. You know, so I'm trying to trying to hide that, you know, the fact that I actually can't do what I'm, I used to do because I just blow my voice out. And I still was kind of a bit like that at judges' houses. I hadn't really come back and I was really worried. And I think the audition helped me sail through that whole situation i don't think i would have got through i, I honestly like if the, if there was if there was five percent less or someone or they edited it in a different way i don't think uh, what happened really with that year is simon carroll changed the whole of x factor and me ollie stacy jamie um and a few others proved him right to have done that we went on that stage like jamie afro went on that stage and sang sex on fire the year it came out and he got simon carroll singing and he was just like, I've made the right decision. I, you know, Ollie did that with Superstition, and Stacey did that with One for One. You know, I, I'd, I'd pretty much say me, Ollie, and Jamie wouldn't have got through if it was a normal audition. We needed a stage. We needed people because I think we're massive show-offs. Um, and it's, it's really difficult when your parents fuck you up, your friends fuck you up, um, you're, you know, everything fucks you up. And then if you go and do a reality TV show, it probably will fuck you up. But it's about how you come out the end of it and, and what you take. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, this all ends and then you can just be normal again. Like you can't be normal, but you can be normal again. It's mm-hmm. not, you're not going to have this scrutiny that you have on you right now. And I think people should say that to people in Love Island or Big Brother or you know, all those other TV programs. Like, oh, what, every, everyone that hates you, Rylan, right now, everyone that hates you, you finish this show and then you do what you want to do. Yeah. 
and obviously I want to knock on people's doors and, and give them money, you know, like a glorified Keith Chegwin. Like, like, Can I give you my address then? Yes, anytime I have loads of say. Um, and just letting you know, people's best go to three. I have no say and about it. Oh, you're very um. That's a very, very healthy attitude towards it. And I've always wondered, you know, you brought up about losing your voice there. What can you do when you lose your voice? Like nothing. You just have to nothing. wait. You just have to wait it out. Essentially, I mean, you can have tea, certain teas maybe, or drink honey. No, it doesn't, or doesn't doesn't touch it. Um, yeah. The only thing really that you can say honey and all that stuff is placebo effect. And if it works for you, great. The only thing that works is rest and steam. Like nothing else works. Yeah. That if you if you blow out your voice, you've just caused damage. It's a bit like if you if you run and you hurt your leg you stop running and take some rest and have a warm bath and, and do that for like the next six weeks and you'll, you'll have it back. But if you carry on going and you, and you, you, you pretend unlucky enough, my voice came back for the show. So I was just like, Oh, okay. Thank Well, if I'm going to choose it and I'm lucky enough to get to this point, um, then that's the way I, I definitely would have it. But obviously there was loads of scrutiny We're the same year as uh, Susan Bourne, Britain's got talent. And, you know, so at that time, reality TV shows, you know, had the audience a bit like what just happened last year with, you know, with COVID and stuff like that, like Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and all that stuff, they had an audience. And, and at that point, X Factor had the audience. They didn't have Netflix or Amazon Prime or, you know, or any of those things around. So they can, they just smashed it. They were smashing strictly. They were just, ITV had it down and they were picking casts right or the right people were auditioning or they were making the right storylines. But for, for, for me, and a lot of people go, oh, he, had, he got good. They gave him a really hard time. But if you go back and you look at the uh, votes for the show, if they gave me a hard time, I won the show. I won that week. And if they didn't, I didn't win that week. And it was really, and I, don't, I didn't know this. I would have loved to have known that. That would have been great. I would have felt a bit better in myself. But they might have known this. So like, well, if we want to get them to win the show, maybe this is the way around. And not thinking, actually, this is still a human being and we should be silent. I mean, mental health wasn't even a, a, a word, you know, two words in back in 2009. I don't, I, you know, we were obsessed and stuff for that. Are you okay? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they talk about like the show, you know, giving people a hard time and the judges, but it's all... It's not scripted. It's all just kind of, it's just drama. It's melodrama. I think what makes it always difficult is outsiders on, in the press. Um, and, uh, and the, you know, the press is just doing, doing their job. You know, they don't know you personally. Who cares? People go and say, oh, I don't like that latest reality TV star. I don't like Gemma Collins or anything like that. I'd be like, have you actually met this person? Like, I, I befriended in the last couple of years of people who are relatively quite horrible about me in the press. I befriended them on Facebook and I'll just have chats with them because like, I think the female singer called Robin, I'm just like a, I'm just a human being. And and they lose track of that sometimes. So if you just go, Hey, you're right. And they're like, Oh, wait a minute. You're not a dick that I portrayed and I have in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're actually a normal person. Well, I wouldn't say normal. <laughs> it's like being nice is the ultimate revenge. It's like the the, the best way you can get, it's just be kindness. Yeah, so nice to the point where you're like, you can have my Netflix password. I'll make you a yeah. cache. I'll do whatever <laughs> and, you do. And I think Netflix are coming for me. I'm a little bit worried. 
They're like, you've just uh, had a little allocation from somewhere in uh, in Dubai. Is that right? I'm like, Shit, I'm just giving my coat to my friend. Haven't I? I haven't. I mean, uh, Netflix, I have not given a coat to any friends. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get cancelled. I literally, I was just thinking, right, that there's a bookshelf behind me because you have to do a Zoom call with a bookshelf. And I thought, oh, crap, what's on that bookshelf that's going to ruin my career? Yeah. My well, we're okay. Look, look what's behind me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my face, MI5 my face in general. Announced, yeah. <laughs> Last year, Scotland Yard announced that this was a logo for a terrorist organization. It's it's it's, 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 it's pirate. It's like a pirate, isn't it? It's uh, it's a flag for a German second division football team that I follow called St. Pauli. They're oh. very um. The, the, all the graffiti and the messages at their stadium are anti-homophobia, anti-racism, anti-sexism. No human is illegal. That's all they stand for. Wow. There's just and so if you if you're seen to be wearing their logo, yeah, you've been deemed a terrorist by Scotland Yard. <laughs> you, you, so, I, I'm, I'm going to say, man, you can't win. You know what I mean? You, you can't win in life. You could do. You could be the nicest. And I think I'm a massive comic book fan. And uh, and I think it was uh, in the Superman comic. He's like, you either uh, die, you live, you know, you die young, and you're, you're known as a hero, or you live long enough to become the villain. And that's yes. so true. You yeah. know what I mean? If yeah. you keep on going on a thing that people love you, in the end, people probably hate you. In the end, you know, there, there's too yeah. much of you, or you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh, the current climate. It's just a matter of time before somebody gets annoyed. And some of the stuff that people get annoyed about now, we are like, relax. Like, I mean, I, I don't know, like, if you find this in Gap, Daniel, but myself and Mick have both worked hospitality and retail and stuff like that there, and we've we've talked extensively about just the stuff that will get people like angry, not even just annoyed, physically shaken with anger. Like, I have, when I was working in a shop behind a till, it was a warm day, and there was a bee near the bakery, and a woman complained that the bee was there, and I'm like. What do you? What the fuck do you want me to do about it? She's like, "There's a bee near that croissant." I'm like, "What am I going to get a big fucking net and chase after the bastard? Like, what, what am I supposed to do?" And it's only got worse yeah. the last couple of years with social media. Everybody will complain about fucking everything. I yeah. think I think this. I've got it down. All right, I understand what's happening. So, Nan and Granddad were pretty tough on our parents. I think so. Their mum and dad pretty tough on them, right? And so then our mum and dad come into the ward, and they sort of give us a little bit more kind of slack. They're not going to make us do the things. They're not telling us stuff in the same way. Um, they're not going to be strict. They're not going to have corporate punishment. All that sort of stuff. Blah blah blah. Um, and I think that we've sort of slowly diluted everyone's kind of resistance to someone just being a dick, and you just going, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I think Joe Rogan says it, like, in a room of 100 people, one is a dickhead, right? One is a dickhead. So if you make that in America, like, 300 million people that are in America, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, 3 million dickheads. And, yeah. and, it's, and you're like, what? But the funny thing is, if you're in the room and everyone's lovely, so you say you're in a room of 100 people and everyone is lovely, be careful because you might be the dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Just be really careful. Like everyone's great. I love everyone. They're so oh crap. I was wondering what point you were trying to make there. I thought you were trying to condone bringing back beating children. I was like, is that what he's doing with this? Yeah, I'm trying to counsel myself myself on this uh, one podcast. That's it. Yeah. I've, I've got four listeners on my podcast, so I thought I'd just ruin other people's. It's fine. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. 
Um, how do you find the podcast and life, Daniel? Is it something you enjoy? I suppose you can't say, oh, I hate doing it. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, it's, just a, it's a pain in the ass. I'll tell you what, guests just piss me off. Um, no, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it is... <laughs> we agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was like three minutes late. I was like, they're going to be so fucking annoyed. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I think... Um, Stacey uh, Solomon was on time, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> she, she definitely has more kids than me i've got like one dog that's sort of running around i don't know what court carnage she's causing behind me but it's fine um yeah i mean podcasting is a really funny thing I, i've been listening to podcasts for ages and, and and all different ones and my friend got me into um adam buxton um and uh, then my dad wrote a porno and stuff like that and then there was obviously things like cereal and uh, and then other people start bringing out podcasts like Fred Cotton and Jesse Ware, and, which is hilarious because Jesse Ware is this wonderful singer and her podcast is bigger than her music has ever been. And it's hilarious that that sort of relatively happened. She's got a cookbook out of it and, you know, doing this podcast with her mom and her guest list is insatiable. And obviously she is famous, but she also has a booker. So that definitely helps. Mm. I just message people on twitter until they say yes um which which has weirdly worked i got this really old like school amazing he's not old but old school amazing singer from the 90s called connor reeves and he has this the most soulfulest freaking voice ever and i used to love him when i was a kid and i asked him to do the podcast he's like okay so he did series he did episode two and i was like how the hell has this happened um uh, yeah, so it's it's been nice, and I, you know, I, I started it because uh, COVID, and I had some free time, and uh, and I just bought some equipment because everything was a bit cheaper, and uh, we, me and everyone else, I had a radio show for uh, BBC Berkshire, so a local uh, BBC station, and we left that, and then we decided to do this podcast, and we just wanted to do something uplifting. And so we called it Best Thing, and we just talk about people's best things in their life, from TV and film to music to travel to food, just really generic things, and they can choose their own subjects, something random as well. And it was just a great way to have a chat. I had my mum on there. We've got the Go Compare guy, Wynn Evans, who's absolutely hilarious, great <laughs> stories. I got a guest who was on the Joe Rogan experience. I heard him. He's an English um, journalist, and his name's Johan Harry, and um, he works a lot in mental health, and he's got a book called Lost Connections. And he stuck, kicked off um, episode one, season three. And I'm like, how you doing my podcast and it's because um before I, i've never told this story and i'm gonna get properly in trouble and he will tell me if he hears that but we're friends now um <laughs> he liked every single picture of me on instagram with my top off <laughs> and that's how we all <laughs> yeah thank you thanks mate i don't get those likes i'll do it no when you're telling the story <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovable guy he's a lovable guy he knows what he wants he knows what he wants which isn't me so it's fine um and so yeah so it is fun and you get to interact with people i had a producer right at the beginning so i didn't have to edit it and then we lost our sponsorship and then i didn't have my producer so i learned to edit but it was half well i think we nearly had finished the whole of season two so it's like 10 11 episodes and nothing had been edited because he can do it and uh, i didn't know how to so i just spent maybe five weeks learning how to edit um and now i can just seven out of ten edit a podcast yeah fair play fair play i mean <laughs> how do you find podcasting you liking it because i like are you can't you have like quite nice dulcet tones and i feel like the conversation was um like really nicely put together with you two and then with your guests um a couple of weeks before that and stuff and i just felt like you allowed them to speak but you also guided it in a really nice way which wasn't 
weirder controlling. Oh, thank you. Um, the dulcet tones, I'll respectfully disagree. Um. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's, and it's, just it's, for context, for yeah. context, in Northern Ireland, uh, where Rory's from, it's like Birmingham accent. Okay. That's the way we, yeah. you okay. kind of look at it that way and go, fuck, what, they're, they're in, they're invading. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sort so. of sad. <laughs> Like I'm semi I'm trying to describe it for you. Um, like I'm sort of semi farmer country, but a wee bit of like small town aspect. Like where I'm initially from, like it's not really with the times. Do you know what I mean? There's about twenty thousand people. We still use a sundial to tell the time. We still use infrared to send songs. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 old school <laughs> and parsley is the most insane bit of food that they've ever seen. And tobacco tobacco onions. My town went mad for that. Oh. Abs sluts for tobacco onions, huh? Oh my god! I live in I live in a small village too, to be honest, and so um, there isn't many people around here either. So I do understand that. But we have like a um, where I live in Reading, we have this sort of sort of farmer, but Bristol, but Windsor kind of accent. It's all over the place. My dog is whinging. She's like licking her bowl. Like, will you feed me? I feed you in a minute. It's fine. She, <laughs> she just wants food all the time. <laughs> awesome. But um, thank you very much for the nice words. Yeah, I've been we was sort of I was just doing solo episodes of the podcast for ages, which is and then you got the talent on of Mick. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah then when then... when Mick joined, you're like, yeah, now it <laughs> yeah. works. Um, and then yeah, just I've known well, we I knew Mick before I was doing podcasts or comedy or anything, and then just during lockdown, everybody was free, so nobody could say no that's the most psychotic thing i've ever said but you know what i mean like everybody was in the house 100 percent. and now i'm into i'm into series four on my podcast and now people don't say no because they're like oh you've done enough series for me to go i kind of trust it or you've had this caliber of guests so i'll do it you know yeah so it's um it was a good way of keeping busy i'm sure you'll agree um as i say i was doing a lot of the editing and stuff myself and it was just a way of getting conversation into my life beyond myself and my wife who i'm reasonably fond of but you know like do you know what i mean like after a while you're like i need to talk about something else beyond what we're going to do when the lockdown ends and it was all very much (laughs) interior decorating from lisa's vibe where she was like she was on pinterest and all these mad websites and she was like we should like you know get an old cabinet and like remaster it and okay is that is that what's going on behind you because you do have (laughs) background you're yeah. either outside near your shed or that's a fake background i, I, I wasn't sure i'm actually lying down on my boat at the moment <laughs> <laughs> you look very relaxed <laughs> just chilling on the boat here yeah. <laughs> it's a good background i'll say that yeah good it was um, i mean this this is how much my background's changed if you can just see right in the background and uh, what the song changed my life is in the background here Oh, that's cool, there, man. I like that. Oh, cool. That is really cool, yeah, actually. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good that you still like the song too, because I'm sure you're like you always get like connected to that song. So it's good that you still enjoy it instead of going for fuck's sake that that fucking song. <laughs> it could be worse. You could feel that way, and that would be absolutely terrible. But no, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. It paid for the mortgage. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what we assume. That's what you can honest. ask. Yeah. That's what you can ask. Yeah, you can't really ask for much more, I have to say. Um, Mick, what about you? Any 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 questions you want to fire at Daniel? I man, um, what's your uh, beard grooming routine? I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, what happened? I thought you were going to ask uh, my star sign. Then I was like, oh, fuck. 
no, no. So, like, no, go, go, we'll go back a bit. Like, we know what you do now, but like, what's mm. the what's the bit in between? Yeah. Did you find yourself like getting booked to do corporate events, or were you, you know, did you go and do eighteen thirty holidays, or you know, what happened in that middle, or did you just like become like I can't be bothered with with the fame. Just leave me alone. I want to go back to the future. Just ayahuasca, really. One second, let me just uh, grab my dog because he's going crazy behind me. One second. No, he's away. We can talk about him. Yeah. I actually think that with with a little help from my friends, he's not going to be happy. It's fine. We'll just do it. It's fine. There you go. Yeah. Right. You're going to be calm. Yes. Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, in, yeah, the in-betweens and stuff, it's really funny. So we, when we finish the show, we, um, uh, we, we go on tour. And so, and then after tour, tour lasted like three months. We did 57 uh, arenas, uh, arenas around the, the whole of UK. We went, we came to Belfast as well, um, which was, we said at Europa Hotel, is Europa Hotel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most bomb uh, hotel in Europe. Yeah. Yes, I did hear that. Um, and uh, <laughs> they tell you that when you check in, they're very proud. Yes. Like, I know. I know. Sleep I well. Like, oh, okay, thanks, guys. Um, and then um, me, Ollie, and Stacey, Stacey Solomon, Ollie Mers, uh, sort of just went on tour and we sort of were touring together for maybe, I don't know, uh, two, two years and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'd like to kind of just do some stuff and uh, try and write some music and, and blah, blah, blah. So I was reaching out to people that I liked and uh, um, uh, people that might be interested to work with me. I went to, I had a phone call from Diane uh, Warren, um, who wrote, um, don't want to miss a thing, unbreak my heart, Oof. all this sort of thing. So I went over to LA and, and, and met her, which seems so weird to say that because she was just super, super normal. And also Diane Warren, so super, super like crazy. Um, and I think it was David Gray was there and Nadine Coyle was there, like just randomly just recording random songs. Um, and I said to her, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go and watch uh, American Idol if you want to come along. And she'd like, um, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes. I was like, okay. Um, so we, <laughs> we <laughs> left, um, I sort of left there. And then I went to Nashville uh, and started working with this producer called Jamie Kenny, who was working with this guy called Mark Broussard, who I just loved his music. He wasn't overly mainstream, but just this amazing kind of soulful, beautiful singer. And so went to Nashville and just wrote, and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. Um, the, the the main problem is, and I I think this is relatively right. If I came second or even third, but or and, you know or first in the show, um, and they started prioritizing people in the show that came fourth, I think I'd be really really upset with that situation. And um, I think that their thinking was that they needed to focus on Ollie who came second and Joe McCarthy came first at that time. And so for us to have help or for us to um, try and make a career for ourselves through music was going to be more difficult than um, if we came in, in, this, in a different kind of uh, number in the show. And uh, which, you know, which is relatively fair. I wish I knew that because I would probably would have spent less money or less time just <laughs> trying to <laughs> do singing still. Um, yeah. But then, you know, because the problem is, is it becomes your job. And at the beginning, it was always just fun. It was just like a passion. It was just like, oh, that's what, it'd be really cool to do that. And then as soon as it becomes your job, you're like, oh, there's it's like a business, and everyone makes a decision, and I have no say, and you know, and that's fine because if you can do that, then totally do that. But if you, in any sense, I mean, if you're an artist, probably don't do X Factor because I think you'll be too used to choosing what you want 
and if you're just a singer songwriter uh, you know then they don't really want you because you want to write your own stuff back in the day later on that you could sort of sing your own stuff um but it, it it's just difficult because we have been dreaming about you know singing and not even fame but just being recognized that's saying you know and 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 to be a singer and and then you get it and you're like oh this is quite nice and then you either watch it fade or you go and do something else and i think i just went i'm just gonna go and do something else and i still occasionally sing and i do like a like charity stuff and blah 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 but at the moment it's it's not my dream anymore i think my dream is more I don't know, making a difference or um, legacy stuff, isn't it really? So, um, but yeah, I mean, you do get, you can get lost, but I, I still haven't had a real job in 12 years. And I feel very lucky for saying that I have a great job that I very much love, but I don't have, you know, a nine to five job. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I get it, man. I yeah. quit my job four years ago. Yeah. To be a musician full time. Mm -hmm. Amazing excluding the last 15 months it's been the greatest decision i ever made mm -hmm. but like it's like you're talking about passion and stuff like i found we did our first gig back music started up here on the 5th of july Fifth of right. yeah. and on the 9th of july our first gig back was on a music festival wow and we were on a big stage and there was like a thousand people in front of us and for context, because you, for context of what we do, I'm an electric violinist, and I play mm -hmm. with a fingerstyle guitarist, and we play '90s dance music, uh, heavy metal, things like that. There, all the stuff that a violin and a guitar should not do together. Um, <laughs> and like the what it sounds really, really like hippie and stuff to say this, but like the wall of energy that sort of came at us, the, the all the good vibes from people just delighted to be entertained again. I started crying on stage. Oh, but, I mean, that's that's pretty sweet. I mean, but, yeah, the guy beside me didn't. And he was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, you have two kids. You have a purpose in life. This is all I have. I'm so dramatic. He should I be crying because he should be okay, happy to be. He should be happy to be outside the house, to be honest, to be like, <laughs> I'm away from the yeah. kids and the family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you shouldn't be judged for crying. I think it's fine if that's how you felt yeah. in the moment. Um, but I felt what you did was judge him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But no, and now I've got my purpose in life back. There you go. And that's so important. Smile again. Yeah, and I think that's really important. Um, and maybe, I think sometimes, especially with performing, I feel like you can get out of like sync of it. And, and I sort of have worry about going back to doing gigs again and stuff like that, because I'm just, I don't know if I can do it again. And obviously you just get back on like, like a bike, but the thought of it beforehand is just petrifying. I just feel like, Oh, do I want to do that again? And I did like an online show. Um, I've never done musical theater before, but some agents or person came and asked me if I'd be in um, an online version of Godspell. It's a 50 year anniversary of it. And uh, I was like, yeah, cool, no problem, I'll do that. And not realizing that the whole cast were like proper West End entities, like superstars. And there's this dick from X Factor that's just sort of popped up <laughs> in the middle and be like, hi. Um, and, and then they were like, we're gonna do a live show. Uh, and so we did like a live screening of it um, so we could play it on the big screen, like an outside cinema. And, uh, but we came on and sang our version of the songs. And I just felt so, like to go on stage and sing one song, and I know I did an X Factor, 
It's so weird. It's a bit like what happened in the Euros, like asking Marcus Rashford to take a penalty when he's not even kicked the ball yet. It's mental. That's a good, very good analogy, I have to say. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's mental. I didn't get the feel for what we were doing. I was just like, oh, okay. Um, here's a song I'm gonna sing for you, and then if it's rubbish, there's no more of me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think that's like shooting a sex scene in a film. Like, there's no cut. Like, we haven't like even had four. I haven't bought you dinner yet, but we're having to do this thing. Yeah, and there's there's twenty people. The sound guys holding a sandwich, and it's you know it's all. It's all very detached from what yeah. it should really feel like. I like how you took it to that, Mick, because you did say in the podcast when you talk about me that you were going to have a threesome. So I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> well, do you know what? To be fair, and do you know what? That was the best thing, because whenever we talked, because whenever you messaged us, I knew you'd listen to the podcast because we didn't talk. We didn't go, Daniel Johnson does a really good version of that song. We should have a three-way. They were like 15 minutes apart, those yeah, two were, statements. Yeah. I was yeah. like, he's listened. He knows what he's getting into. I didn't just listen. Now you're a part of my podcast now listenership. But I have to go back because I've got some stats here for you guys. Um, so um, for the podcast, you've done two episodes in June. But in May, you did three. In April, you did nine. Same in March. And then you did 10 in February. I'm feeling I need new ones coming out. And I know I might be part of this. And I probably won't listen because I'll be too annoyed with myself of saying stupid stuff. But um, I, I, I need more content from you guys. So I'm just saying so because... I only listened to a few podcasts and now you've got into that situation. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing, though, because Rory, this is Rory's podcast. Yes. I have my own with the other musician because literally it's only because we weren't playing music and we needed an excuse to talk to each other. And then Rory came on mine and then I yeah. went on his and then this bromance of the three of us just blossomed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this here is, we are at the summit. We are. Yeah. This is like the sugar babes getting back together, isn't it? This is... The original lineup. Yeah. <laughs> do you have? Can you can you name them? No, but I can play one of their songs. <laughs> our so cover do. of "Push the Button" is our most wet. Like, it's we, a great song. We play that in nightclubs and bars, and the men go crazy for it. For "Push the it's Button," it's a great song. And we do we like because we're instrumental too, which is it's it's mental to play songs like that instrumentally, and people go, "Yeah, push the button, <laughs> let me." You know. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great tune. Oh, it absolutely is. Can, I don't know. You're not getting away with it though, Rory. You're going to have to. What are the names of the Sugar Babes? Um, <laughs> Come on. I know. I want to know this. I, I, can, I can give you one. Okay, that's fine. M- Mucha Buena. Mucha Buena. Yeah, which yeah, sounds like cool. someone you get night. Ah! That sounds like someone you get an Ikea, doesn't it? It's like a lamp it's in it. Ikea. Uh, can I get um, one Mucha Buena and. <laughs> <laughs> and chips. And, and uh, some uh, dime bars, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, the names, the names of sugar babes. So you got Mutia, you got Keisha, and you got Keisha. Siobhan was the originals, and then Siobhan left. Uh, Heidi came in. This is the content that people want to listen to. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, Mutia, uh, yeah. So and then Mutia left, and I think uh, Amel came in. And weirdly enough, Amel was a songwriter and by accident wrote songs for Mutia's solo album, but Mutia <laughs> didn't know this. Um, and then uh, Keisha left or got kicked out of the band and Jade Ewan, who had represented us in Eurovision, I think she did quite well. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the Sugar Babes were a completely different entity. Yeah. Is uh, that your specialist subject on Mastermind? Uh, <laughs> yes. I think it doesn't because go too far then. <laughs> I, le- I do legitimately know uh, somebody who works on Mastermind because it's filmed here in Belfast. Okay. And she, I think she's the, 
assistant to the director or something like that. So if you want, <laughs> put my name forward. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. We, we had Tom Reed Wilson as a, as a guest. I don't even know him, but he's a very um, out there character. And he's the receptionist in a, in a reality TV program called Celebs Go Dating. And he's kind of made a really big thing of his name. And, and he's a lovely chap and stuff. Um, and he talks like the queen. It's incredible. But uh, he was a mastermind and he won it. And I think his, what was his subject? It was some sound of music or something like that I, I, I don't know what my real specialist subject would be I, I think I know I'm like a primary school teacher I know enough about everything but nothing about anything specific you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> what would yours be would you um not the sugar babes am I uh, clearly um <laughs> yeah we've guessed that one yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did get one point Ooh, there, sassy, so got... Daniel, sassy. <laughs> I think um just my favorite combination of shirt and short trousers that's like performances involving people <laughs> there were there were a few out there i mean there's none out there it was a hot day by the way it's a hot day so that's why i was wearing that yeah um, <laughs> um do you want to get do you want to get juicy do you want to find out like some little elements of some some story stuff i don't know what i can give you i, I feel like i should be prepped like i'm going on graham norton and have those sort of stories i can just yeah go for it throw out go yeah, for it man um, what can I say? Uh, okay, so I think you were speaking about it in uh, in one of the, not not the last podcast podcast before, and you talked about um, that a person in the audience can ruin your performance. Yeah. So, yeah. so if one yeah. person looks like they're not having a good time, that's a person. Do you focus on that person? Or you don't, see, I, I do this. Uh, do you focus on that person or do you not focus? Uh, you know, and just let it go and blah blah blah. And I remember being at a gig, and it was me, Ollie, and Jamie, and Ollie was playing. And uh, he was a bit late, uh, not his fault, but we were just a bit late. And, uh, and the audience were kind of a bit all over the place. Anyway, he got on stage and he sang a song. Well, he sang like four songs. And um, one guy in the audience stood there and me and Jamie just at the back watching. And it, I know, I know, don't worry. I'll feed you in a minute. Uh, and literally was doing this. <laughs> mm, nice. Yeah, for the, the audio whole, listeners out there, the whole, sorry, sorry. If anyone, sorry, if anyone is just listening, because obviously, if you if you're not watching this, um, I was picking up my middle finger, um, and swearing at Ollie Murs, looking very unhappy. And <laughs> I remember just, just, I remember just turning to Jamie, and I just went, "Yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna be in trouble on the ride home, aren't we?" Because I just knew that Ollie wasn't gonna take it well. And um, and it's so funny because I said to Jamie, "What would you have done in that situation?" And I, and I said to him, I would have just gone, mate, I finished in literally 15 minutes. I know it's shit. And then, you know, your girlfriend bought you. But trust me, I finished in 15 minutes. And can we get him a drink? Like, just <laughs> make a thing of that person. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't allow them to ruin the show. Just make them feel comfortable or they can laugh at you or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, and get them a drink. Because I always think that half the audience are only there um, because the other half has dragged them along to come and see me perform. Yeah. Um, and not because they, that everyone in the audience wants to see me. Um, and so I thought that was great. And, and, you know, Ollie came off the stage and he was just furious. Absolutely furious. He forgot, like, there was a thousand hot girls in front of him just screaming. Like, <laughs> screaming and throwing their pants and bras and I nearly said tampons, but probably not that. On the stage. Phil <laughs> like Taylor just fucking darts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's just, you know, you can easily let people, you know, get you down. But the main thing about it, especially in, um, 
if you're performing is don't assume that everyone's there to love you just be like yeah i pretty much assume that I'm only half of you and or quarter so i'm just going to play for you and the other ones that don't give a crap just yeah. go and talk at the back or whatever yeah that's a good attitude to have i wish i had that i mean I've been... <laughs> you're like fuck him get him out i hate him <laughs> i fling you're my ta- enjoying it i fling my tampons at him but fuck you fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> like throwing stars <laughs> but like because of because of doing stand-up like i'm lucky enough i haven't really got bad heckles but like the weirdest heckle i got was when i was in dublin and some guy shouted like shouted mid-joke that my neck doesn't suit me wow yeah which is very i don't know whether to be like all right i'll 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 get that fixed you know what i mean (laughs) he was very like one did he find one that did suit you? Because I, I don't mind a heckle. I don't mind when people say, you know, that's not great. But I want you to then go out and find something that would suit me. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, this this one's great. Yeah. <laughs> what about this one? It's <laughs> a lamb's neck. You'd be like, fuck's sake. You've got to put that in your set, though. I feel like that's a thing that you would put in your set. Oh, very much so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah, the other thing, now this is, this, is quite, this is quite rude, but I love it. Like, obviously, there's a Belfast mentality where we're very direct but not very well spoken people i was at a gig a fellow was performing and there was a drunk girl which is like kryptonite for a comedian and she wanted to tell a joke and she walked to the stage and like i want to tell a joke so the comedian was like okay and handed her the mic and she just told this like a joke you get on a penguin or like on a christmas mm-hmm. crack it was shit at, at, there was about 400 people at all the deck in the room right and uh <laughs> All, all you hear from the darkness, there was like a bit of silence. And then in the most Belfast accent, some guy just shouted, hang yourself, you cunt. And I was, <laughs> it was just the most direct thing. I was like, holy shit. Like, I mean, the, the joke wasn't that bad, but it's just hang, wow. your, hang yourself. I would, I, I would make T-shirts. Yeah. And <laughs> all about that merch. Woodsy, this is what we're missing. I know. We need a creative director. I know, exactly. I wonder... <laughs> And this is why he's not putting this on his own podcast. No, no, it's not. No, no, no. My podcasts are nice and cheery, no swearing. Yeah. So, no, literally. People have been talking about fisting on my podcast. So it's not even go there. It's all like, it's, it's, anyone can talk about whatever they want. It's fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a beautiful phrase. Oh, that's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? I mean, hang yourself. He kind of got the, the point across. No, you forgot. That. Hang yourself, you cunt. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. You've got to have the whole thing. Hang yourself, pretty harsh. Yeah. But the ending, hilarious. <laughs> Hang yourself, P.S. <laughs> You're a cunt. <laughs> kind regards, <laughs> Daniel Johnson. <laughs> I'm so. I, I, do you know? It's, it's funny as long as that didn't happen. Like, if it does happen, it's fucking terrible. But if it doesn't happen, it's fu- it's a funny story. I feel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a bit like someone falling over and and it's quite funny, but if they really hurt themselves, then it's not, it's not funny. <laughs> I don't know if she, on her Insta story the next day, it was her buying a belt or something like that there and was getting ready. No, she was, she <laughs> Fuck was you. drunk. She didn't remember it. She I told a shit joke. That's what happens. You tell a shit joke, you get that. That's yeah, a- yeah that's a, a guilty hangover. Do you know what I mean? When you realise, oh, I made a tit of myself at, a, at an event, not just with my friends, at an event. Do you know what I mean? That's a that's a bad guilt for the hangover. Yeah, but you're drunk. It's fine. I did drop a microphone on a um, a kid in a wheelchair. At a gig <laughs> that didn't go down too well. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I've fallen off the stage multiple times. That that yeah, definitely it, happens. And the one gig, um, or just overall? Just just happened in one show. It's very. Uh, <laughs> Did it's you a, say to the kid, "Can I borrow your wheelchair?" Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> no, the worst thing is, like, I felt so terrible that I got them on stage. I don't even think they were a fan. I think they were waiting for like I don't know the Teletubbies after me. I don't know what was going on. But I was like, "Yeah, come on stage. You know, we'll make a big thing about it." And yeah, yeah was there a rap? <laughs> No, we just have to literally just hoist them. Oh man, we're all going to hell. Not even in the wheelchair, just out of the. And I'm joking. Obviously, we go to ramp and we pushed him. Here's a sex swing we happen to have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my mom's gonna watch this. Oh Christ! So sorry, anyone that finds anything. She knows what I like. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry. We've already thrown the C bomb out, so yeah. it's fine. Um, I suppose you could you could have dedicated a song to them as well and just be like get by with a little help from your wheels. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, that, that's what happens. Comedians in a room, yeah, yeah. And then that's the jokes. Okay, that's fair. I'll, yeah, I took it. I took it very dark. Um, very dark. <laughs> pick a mix. It's got very dear. Let's lighten it up. <laughs> very expensive now. Very expensive. It's so expensive. You spoke about this before. Can we before we go? Because I feel like you you were kicking me off. You spoke about films before, and I'm I'm such a massive film buff Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I think you spoke about horror films as well. And and uh, uh, for me, horror film wise, I I I think that Get Out for me isn't a horror film, but I understand the genre. That is an absolutely amazing film. It's probably better than you know Us, and even though that was still a good film, but just not as great. But I think there's like two films that I think people miss a lot. And one is What Lies Beneath um, with Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah. And it's a really good thriller. It's not maybe a horror, but the one that got me and still gets me to this day is The First Descent. I don't the think Girls I've that seen go caving. That. Yeah. I tell you what, watch that. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything. It's the most claustrophobic film you will ever watch. It makes you feel sick no it's not like buried with like ryan gosling in like a you know in in a coffin and stuff like that. this is like they get stuck caving and it's horrible yeah and it feels horrible and and that's a, a, like an, a, an amazing amazing film um but yeah i, I I'm, I'm such a i love i love all marvel stuff and obviously i cried when endgame happened and yeah. even though i feel infinity war is a better film yeah um and, but my main films are like alien jaws Jurassic Park, like, yeah, you're our age, I think. So, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. your sort That's of what I grew up on? Is that your Sammy Mount Rushmore of films, Alien, Jaws, Jurassic Park? What would be your fourth if you had to do the, the full uh, thing? Probably like Finding Nemo. I feel like if you think about that film, I think it's just, and I like your face, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jaws, Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to throw another curveball in there as well. So I'm going to throw in, um, well, I'm going to say two films because they're sort of side by side because they're both about um, the sort of Turing test, I guess, in some sort of format. But um, one would be Ex Machina, Ex Machina, is how people like to call it. With, yeah. uh, and I think that was Alicia Vikander. Um, and her with whacking phoenix and scarlett uh, johansson yeah that's really good one of my one of my favorites like if you haven't seen it it's just amazing i know it's on the list yeah it's really good yeah. it's it's an example of like whacking phoenix just being incredible do you know what i mean like oh. i i like joker but i would it should have got an oscar for that ahead of other things like the master and and her is her is amazing too like yeah her is just so yeah great. i think it's one of my most watched films apart from alien i think yeah maybe yeah 
I watched yeah. Alien at Christmas with my family. That's what we did. Christmas yeah. Day. It holds up really well. I watched Alien a couple of weeks ago, weirdly enough. And I yeah. think the build-up, even if you've seen it before, it still works. You know, the fact that they dragged it out so long without you got glimpses of the fucking thing. And it still holds That's up. That's why it works. Know? Yeah, the building, the building, the tension, the fact that you see very little of it. And it's so weird now that there's been 119 Alien films now. And as the technology is amazing now, and all the alien films look shit now. Like the actual alien itself. Yeah, they've tried too hard. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they've tried too hard. But yeah, I think I, I think that like sort of movies have been really important to me, and and obviously like music as well. Um, but I think that for me, it was like that escapism that 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 you just have. And and I was very lucky as a child that I I went to the cinema like mm-hmm. a lot, like the Back to the Futures and all that sort of stuff. And blah blah blah. Though I have to say, I did feel like the the End Games and Infinity War, they did feel like my Star Wars. You know, the, the excitement to those films I felt like was really, really high. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to look good in uh, 10 years, 20 years? Maybe, maybe not. But Iron Man still looks good. Mm-hmm. Know that I agree. I agree. In terms of, um, you know, if we want to do a bit of both, what sort of soundtracks stick out to you then? If you're a film fan and a music fan, you know, and particularly as, as a comic book guy, you know, yeah. there's been cool, a couple of cool Marvel soundtracks. I still think Danny Elfman's Batman and... John Williams Superman scores are fucking still up well, you there. You can't like, beat them. Yeah, you proper can't beat elite them. stuff. Those like you classics. Know. Soundtrack is a really hard one, isn't it? I tell you what, and it's and like a bit of a controversial film just because there's an actor in it that people find controversial. But um, the Baby Driver, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like he chose um, the the tracks before writing the the script for baby driver yeah yeah he 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 got them through edgar got them through because um he had what he wanted and he got every single song he wanted yeah every single song and that's a huge soundtrack too there's a guy of it in vinyl there's a massive amount of tracks there i know that um edgar wright and james gunn who did the guardians of the galaxy films they had to meet Mm -hmm. beforehand to make sure that there was no crossover of tracks because obviously (laughs) swear to god they actually had to speak and be like what are you doing and he's like, well, I've got sugar babes in mind, so you can have... <laughs> push the button, oh, push yeah. the button. <laughs> Mixed version, let's get him rich, let's get him rich. Come on! <laughs> you have to put the Matrix in there for me. Oh, fuck, yes. I, I just actually just downloaded it on my iPad, because it's on Netflix now, so I've just downloaded it. Yeah, I literally it. watched all three in one night last week. I had a, I had a hangover, I had like a two-day hangover, and I watched all three in one sitting. I mean, two And the three. music is just mental. Mm. Two and three Absolutely. can get in the bin. Do you know who's uh, who was actually me- meant to originally be cast as Neo? I don't want to get. I don't want to say it because I do know, but I want to see if everybody knows. Do you know Will Smith? Isn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he turned it and down. Do you know why he didn't the, get the part? Oh, <laughs> go on, tell us, mate. Kill him. Go on, tell us. Well, he didn't get the part because the the brothers who who are now the sisters, mm-hmm. um, what gave out the script? <laughs> and have they cha- Have they? Fuck yeah, both I? of them. Did they really? Both of them. Yeah, they yeah. They were. were yeah. What are they called? The Wazowskis. Wazowski oh, no, I'm thinking of Monsters Inc. That's Mike Wachowski. Mike Wachowski. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Wachowski. If you got your name for um, <laughs> Mike Wachowski. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were given the script and they were given the, the two or three books that the film's based on. And they were all told to read the books before you read the script. And Will Smith didn't. He read the script and didn't get it. Yeah. So originally, what they wanted to have was Will Smith as Neo and then as Morpheus, Russell Crowe. 
Yeah. Because wow. they wanted the black and the white. So then yes. because they so got Will Smith, yeah. then they changed it to... Um, and ov- obviously they gave it to Samuel L. Jackson. I'm joking. Obviously they didn't give it to Will <laughs> but that happens a lot. Yeah, that, that really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm going to let you just talk between yourself for two seconds while I just feed this dog that cool won't stop. No worries. You carry on. Just cool. You can now slack me off for a second. I won't be able to hear you. Yeah. No problem. Sugar babes are class. <laughs> <laughs> Big fans. Oh, I'm trying to think of other, other like soundtracks and stuff. I know didn't Will Smith well, we'll bring us up on Daniel's back, but um didn't Will Will Smith was Django in Django Unchained initially yeah. originally too. That's another one we can talk about. And then there's like Mortal Kombat and things like that. You know, there's <laughs> for the soundtrack. There's, mean, there's, there's some there's some films that it's like, yeah, well, of course that's the music for that film. Oh, she yeah. did that really annoying thing of I fed her and then she just looked at it and she went, I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> I want steak tartare. <laughs> yeah, I fed her cheese the other day and it didn't go down well because um, she was ah, right. ill for the whole day. Yeah. I was like, oh, crap. Uh, do you know, I've done that man thing as well. That I get, I'm going to see if my lead comes over here. I've left the fridge open. <laughs> <laughs> what a professional. We what were, a professional. We were just saying there, Daniel, but um, Will Smith was also Django in Django Unchained initially as well. And then he, then it didn't work yeah. out. Yeah, no. yeah, no, it's, I agree. It's a, it's a Jamie Foxx situation. That, that, yeah, that's a good yeah. film. Yeah. I actually like From Dust Till Dawn. I know a lot of people don't. I do. I think it's a really I love good it. Film. That's a great film. I think that's it's great. one of his best. Yeah, T- Tarantino's very good at playing a creepy bastard, isn't he? Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Funnily enough, being a Hollywood director. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was on Joe he Rogan not long. He was, he was on Joe Rogan not long ago, actually, and he was speaking about loads of stuff there. Yeah, um, he's an intense dude. And, I have to say, he's a very Harvey. intense guy. Well, Harvey. Go uh, said yes. They helped him with all the films, didn't they? They worked side by side, didn't they? Yeah, for a long time. So, would you assume that he knew? Like, there was always whispers about Weinstein. Plus, he looks like the kind of guy that would have no choice but. Oh, Uh, Dave hmm. Dave Chappelle says, "Oh yeah, he he rapes." You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) he's partial to sexual assault. (laughs) He did make people stars, though. You know what I mean? Like. Do you know what must be mad though? Just thinking, you know, turning like turning down big roles or being cast in a very big role and having to pull out for whatever reason. You look at like Tom Selleck was Indiana Jones, and then chose to go back and do was it Maverick PI or something? That was, it was Magnum PI, not Maverick PI. Magnum PI, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, you, you must look at that and go, oh, for fuck's sake! Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can there's a new thing on Jones. Netflix about people turning down parts, and there I was watching one on, on Die Hard. Um, and they, there was load. They asked Arnie. They asked Stallone. They asked loads of people yeah. before they asked. Uh, and then the other cop. They asked. Um, he actually auditioned for it. Where they asked Wesley Snipes. He was going to be the cop um, in that in that film. That's right. I um, actually was fortunate enough to be uh, a restaurant I used to work at. Um, <clears throat> Charlie Hunnam plays Jax in mm-hmm, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, he was a regular because <clears throat> he was in Belfast filming. He was there for like three months, so I got to know him because he'd come in every day and eat. And he told me that he was meant to be cast as uh, Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey. Right, I see that. And instead, he chose to do <laughs> Lost City of Z, which that. he was in Belfast to film. Yeah, but he was also. We also used to get the Game of Thrones casting as well, and the directors would all eat. And um, he was in for dinner one night, and he was pointing at a director, and he was like, "Mick, who is that?" I was like, "Oh, it's Jack Bender." 
he's one of the directors. He's like, yeah, he offered me a part in Game of Thrones, but I took the King Arthur job instead. You're like, bro. I suppose you, you don't know, though. You don't know until you, these no, things come do. out and be like, they're massive cultural. But he's like a real like purist, I think, when it comes to acting. Like He's very yeah. much... Maybe too much. Comes to role. Maybe too much. Yeah, to yeah. his detriment. Yeah. But he's a nice fella. Very attractive. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, he was from uh, Cruise Folk. You know what I mean? Back in the day, that was what... That's I remember, yeah. That's right. Was, so if like, I was going to let any guy have a go at me, sorry, Woozy, <laughs> sorry, Daniel, it would be Charlie Hunnam. That's yeah. fair. No, 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 you get fussy. And, and, All right. Weirdly enough, Nick, you know him, so there you go. Have well, a fun. there's a there's a base there's a base there. You know, I've technically got him dinner before. You know, I brought it to him. So. There we go. You served him up a main course. <laughs> I mean, he's uh he's drank from my glass. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. right. oh, right. See, uh, I knew the flag. I knew the flag was something else behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's some team in in Germany. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classical violinist. What are you trying to say? Yeah, F- Fedlin. He's going to get it. Literally, the dog ate all the food. She must have been starving. Yeah, brilliant. Really? Really? Yeah. She's good. She's good. I think um, unless unless you're happy enough to stay on our few minutes, Daniel, we could maybe wrap it up there. I yeah, don't know. You can, yeah, you can wrap it up. Yeah, sure. but again, thanks we, so much for having me on. You're though, very welcome. Some... We can do this again, though, for sure. I mean, I'm more than I'd happy to. to, you know, get this set up again for another time. You know, if everybody's keen, you know, like a sugar yeah. baby. Do you want to do a PG version? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do one without <laughs> saying the c word, and talking about, <laughs> about rimming and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just added more stuff mix stop <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the festin motto isn't it <laughs> uh, just added more stuff would you, yes. would you dip your festin pesto in <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay now my mum's listening to this yeah and that's a wrap uh, yeah <laughs> thanks but, so um, much for having me i've definitely lost my job but yeah. uh yes <laughs> <laughs> so have we, I think as well. We have to, we have to be a sugar babes tribute act now in fucking Lanzarote or somewhere. Do you know what I mean? The salty lads. I, <laughs> I guess I'm going to be Keisha. I'll be Keisha. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're the caster sugar babes or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> we should just write a musical. I, I reckon there's good enough music to do a musical with sugar babes songs. So yeah, maybe look yeah. to do that. Yeah, definitely good. Um, where can people, yeah. where can people find your podcast, Daniel? Before we go. Uh, they can find it absolutely anywhere. Um, and they Tesco, can get on Spotify great. and Apple and Tesco, of course, uh, in the bargain bin. Hitchhiker's uh, oh, yeah. album. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, and it's called Best Thing. Um, and there's three series of it so far. And if you can't bother to listen to an episode, there are best bits of Best Thing uh, series one, two, and three. So they're only like 20 minutes. So people can just listen to all of season one, two, and three in a 20 minute sort of section. And I have another podcast because I'm greedy. Um, and it's called Little Help. And uh, it pretty much is what it does when it says on 10. Um, so it's just little helps um, every single day. A two-minute podcast is a bit of a pick-me-up. And yet again, you can find them on Spotify, Apple, um, YouTube, and anywhere else that you want to just get them. But awesome. yeah, so little help and best thing. There you go. Awesome. I'll put the links in the description. Um, we'll do a fake goodbye. And then, uh, okay. yeah, just for the purpose of the edit. So Daniel... You didn't say namaste either, by the way. I'm yeah. waiting for it. Oh, are you waiting for that? Ah! Oh, no. We have ourselves a fanboy, we'd say. Yeah. I told you. I told you I'm there. I, you might just think that I'm just on here and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm trying to like promote my own stuff. No, no, no. If you're a fan of me, I'm a fan of you and I am a fan of you from listening to your content. So yeah. I need to follow your um, podcast, Mick. What is it? 
what's it called string ninjas string ninjas well i guess there's only one other that there's only one podcast called that isn't it really yeah bro yeah, oh, hopefully, I. Right. That's that's what you hope. <laughs> yeah. No, there's actually three. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy who likes to do crochet. <laughs> right, uh, the logo is there. That's the logo there. Oh yeah, no, I see it. I've got it. I've got it here. Oh, that's a good logo. I like. I like that. Um, Thank you. I am following. It, this makes great. I tell you what's great for a podcast: following other people's podcasts that you're doing a podcast with. God. <laughs> it's like the inception or something podcast within it's a podcast a dream within a dream that's what we should do we should do each other's podcast within the podcast yeah that'd, yeah, be, yeah. that'd be amazing i have to Beautiful. say um daniel thanks again seriously we, d- we didn't expect you to get to reach out and uh i've had a great time to be honest i really enjoyed it hopefully you have as well yeah, it's been great. And yeah. if you want to do my podcast, um, there's a massive queue, so you might have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really fucking isn't because no one, everyone, no one's free anymore because everyone's like now in holiday in Mykonos, yeah. so it's fine. Well, as far as uh, yeah. engage, I know Mucha Buena's ahead of me, Keisha. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Siobhan. Don't yeah. forget Siobhan. Yeah. Come on. And then, the, Chico. You've got the, the most <laughs> Irish name you can have. And, and try not to spell it either. She, I think it's spelled the yeah. Irish way as well, which is Z. W one <laughs> Yin Yang Nike symbol. Yes. <laughs> Circumflex. Well, do you know what? Actually, I'll be available for your podcast as well. If Will Smith pulls out, I'll I'll fill in. Okay, let's not talk about Will Smith pulling out. We'll get yeah. in trouble. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do the the very contrived fake goodbye. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah.